Well, glad y'all are here today. Thank you. Enjoyed that. Thank you, Bell and, and Grant. Do a great job there, and I sure appreciate that. That was wonderful. I want you to go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, look at verse 1. And uh, we're going to read a few more verses. A lot of times we just kind of read the command itself, but I think it's uh, very important that we read a few more verses here. We're going to read through verse 10 uh, this morning. So it says, Matthew chapter 20, 22, verse 1, And Jesus answered, And spake unto them again by parables, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth his servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which are, were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless here this morning and Spirit of God, I pray that you'd give me clarity of mind this morning. Lord, I, I pray that you'd be with the, the men that are trying to get the bus back in right now. Lord, I pray that you'd give them wisdom and help them uh, with that situation. And then, Father, I pray that you would just be with each of us. Lord, we need you. We need your strength. We need your wisdom. We need your, Lord, we just need your grace in our lives. And Father, we thank you for it. Now, Spirit of God, I ask you to pour out your Spirit upon me and fill me with your presence that when I speak, I'll not be speaking, but the truth would come through clearly of your Word. And Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you'd bind Satan from this place and you'd wrap your arms around us and protect us. We need you in Jesus' name. Amen. You see... You know, as we've working through these uh, uh, these commands of Christ, the last one we talked about prayer, and, and uh, honestly, you know, you look at this, and, you, and maybe initially you think, well, how do these two, you know, go together? We we uh, we've said that so many of them kind of connect, and it seems like when you when you got to the last one about prayer, and then all of a sudden we're going to kind of almost switch gears. But I, I really don't believe that it does. I believe that God's still going in his divine order. I believe he's building blocks here for us in, in our lives. And I, I think we're led to this powerful command that he's about to give us and that he does give us, but we're about to study. Uh, after, and it, it comes after being instructed to pray. Because the truth is, when we go out into this world that we have to exist in, we got to pray. We got to pray that people will, will hear us. We got to pray that people will receive us. We got to pray for protection as we go. And so prayer is very vital. We need God's leading and wisdom and power as we seek the lost. 
And that's what this command is really dealing with. It's dealing about uh, seeking the lost. So, but in order to seek the lost, in order to reach those people for Christ, we've got, we need God's provision and God's discernment as we provide, uh, as we go out and try to reach the lost, and as we're going to see also provide for the poor, because this is kind of a, a dual command that Jesus is, is giving here, uh, and it's, it's further explained in another passage that we're going to read in just a second, but but uh, it's this dual command Jesus gives, and, and it's so similar yet so different. The highways, plural, when it, we just talked about it, said that they went out to the highways. Not, not very simply, that just means all the places where everybody's going to be traveling through. That's where everybody's coming. Uh, and so he's saying, and he's saying plural. So it's not like you go to one intersection, God's saying, and, and okay, there's a lot of people passing through there. He said, go to the highways, go to the plural. He said, go to where everybody is going to pass through eventually. Everybody's going to be coming through. Where they're coming in and going out. Simply put, go after the people. Go to where they are. Now, it's very important that we, uh, and fellas, if y'all would make sure, I don't know, uh, Brother Roger, Johnny showed you, but I got a PowerPoint up there. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it's very important that we understand that when what he's really saying here uh, in this initial command, he's, he's really telling us, he's, he makes a statement, he says, go to the good and the bad. And, and, and the, the fact is, is that this is very, very important because what God's saying is, is that uh, when we go and look at our world out here, he's basically, if you put these two categories, everybody fits in them. Everybody fits in the good and the bad. There'll also be the ugly, but the... Uh, but the, but the good and the bad, we all fit in there somewhere. And God's trying to get us to understand as we go out, we don't make predetermination. We, don't, we should not go to just a certain area, a certain group of people. We shouldn't go to the people that are going to be beneficial to us. And, and we're going to talk about that uh, a, a little bit more as you go into the next passage. But, but what he, I believe the Lord's really trying to say here, he's saying don't go out and prejudge people. You know, I think sometimes when we go, uh, we, we sort of look for people that we think in our mind might receive what we got to say. We kind of look for that person that looks nice. We kind of look for that person that doesn't look too rough. Uh, we, we look for that person that maybe uh, is, is not going to be trouble. And, and, but God says, go to the good and the bad. Uh, simply put, we should not try to determine who looks like they'll accept and who looks like they'll reject. Now, to do that for you this morning, I've got a PowerPoint for you, and I've got uh, some pictures, and I'm going to ask you, uh, would you witness to this person if you saw him or these people? Would you put that first one up there? Look at that group. Okay, some of those you might witness to. But it, would you witness to the one right there with the mean look? Anybody? If you went to that group and you said, who am I going to witness to there? You'd probably go to every one of the other ones before you went to that one. Y'all know which one I'm talking about there? That good looking one right right. The one that has a different shirt on uh, than everybody else does. Now, uh, the fact is, is that 
truthfully, you probably would have walked up to one of these guys. Is that a, you actually got a PowerPoint or something? What were you doing there? Uh, you'd probably, yeah, there you go. Wow, that's amazing. Now, you'd probably go to one of these guys down the front with that sweet smile on their face or something like that. Or maybe the little bitty guy in the very back back there. Uh, looks like, what in the world is he doing back there? Uh, but you'd probably do that. Now, or maybe you try this, this next guy. The next picture, please. Thank you. Hmm. Uh, would you walk up to him and say, no, you just walk on by. Uh, maybe the next one. Now, these don't look like people you'd witness to, but here's the problem, and this is why we got to be careful. Every one of those, that guy's saved. Most people wouldn't come witness to him, but he's already saved. Now, he don't know nothing. He knows absolutely nothing. But he's saved. Now, here's, here's what we do is we look and we prejudge and we say, man, surely that guy's lost and probably he's going to reject anything I got to say. Here's what we can't see. You can't see the heart. You don't know what's going on in the mind during the nights. You don't know the transformation if, that's gone on since the first picture to this picture. You don't know that the language of the guy in the first picture is completely different from the guy in the last picture. All you see is a guy that incredibly good looking with an afro. <laughs> okay, you can turn those off because people will be totally distracted. Now I think what the Lord's saying is, is that let's don't go out there and prejudge people. Let's go out there to everybody. Let's look again what he says here. He says, so those servants went out into the highways as they were instructed and gathered together all as many as they found both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished. Now I want you, if you would, to, to look at Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. It's basically the same command, but, but it gives a little bit more explanation and some very important differences. Look at it, it's here. Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 14 says this. Then said he also to him that bade him, when thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed. For they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. 
Listen, this is so very important. God says, first of all, he says, when you go out, don't prejudge anybody. Go the good and the bad. Go to those who look like they'll receive it. Go to those who look like they won't. Knock on every door. Talk to everybody. Now, here's, here's something that's so vital that we understand. He says, go to them. Go to the highways. Go where they are. Go where they're, they're coming through. Go where they live. Go where they're traveling. And he says, go to the good and bad. Don't look at one and say, no, I'm not going to talk to him because he looks like he's bad. No, he said, go to everybody. But then in the second passage, he really emphasizes something that's very important. He says, look, don't go to your, to your, your, your family, your, your neighbors, and especially your rich friends. He said, don't go to them. Go to the poor, the, the, the maimed, the lame, the blind. He said, go to those people who can't provide for themselves. Go to those people who are struggling to even t- to survive. The poor is those who are reduced to, to begging. They're, they're asking for alms. They're destitute. They, they're destitute of, of wealth, of, of influence, of position. They're afflicted. They're, they're, they may be even destitute of Christian values. Uh, they're helpless. The maimed is disabled in the limbs, maimed and crippled. The, the lame is crippled and, and usually a loss of a leg. The blind is those who are mentally or physically unable to see. Uh, and so we see two truths in this command. We're to go where they are. We're to invite everyone, good and bad. And this is so simple. This may be our earliest service, folks. Uh, this is so simple, but we're to go where they are. We're to go to the, to the good and the bad. We're to invite everyone. Uh, that means don't let anybody pass by. There's nobody that's not worthy. There's nobody that, that's uh, that unworthy. There's nobody that, that's better than anybody else in God's sight. He said, here's who I want you to go to. Go to the people nobody else wants. Now, this is kind of unique, folks, because I'll be honest with you, most of our churches in this nation really don't want the ones that God said, go get. I said right there in my office one day when a lady came to me for food and, 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 uh, and said to me that she was a member of such and such church. And I said, well, I, I'm surprised as you asked them for food. She said, she said, well, they make it really clear they don't help poor people. Now, folks, we can't, and I tell them every time, we can't do that much, but we'll do something because that's what we're commanded to do. You know, the good, we understand who that is. You know, we understand the good, and, 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 and that's in all our, our images, the, the clean, the holy, the righteous, the decent, the, the integrity. But the bad, the bad by definition is the evil, the wicked, the diseased, the derelict. Think about that. And, and if you really think about what it says here, that wasn't a little ministry over here. 
it was the whole dinner was filled of them. You see, folks, we struggle and we want to reach people, but we want to be separate from the people. But God said, fill the whole room with these people. That's, this is pretty intense. To me, it's such a simple passage, but this is pretty intense Christianity here. God's asking for us to really, to understand that we're nothing but dirt. My wife always loves, she heard this from our, our preacher, Brother Howells, years and years ago, and she, she uses it all the time. She said, I, she, she always says, you know, I don't know one, why, why one piece of dirt should call another piece of dirt, dirt. <laughs> and that's really true. We're all dirt. This command, simply put, everyone, regardless of their spiritual or physical condition, we're supposed to go after them. We are to go to those, listen, this this is what Luke's really talking about, we're to go to those who cannot repay us. We're to go to those, in other words, to those who cannot bring finances to the church budget. We're still supposed to go to them. Can I get an amen somewhere or somebody? We're still supposed, to, still supposed to go to those that can't benefit us. God says specifically go to the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. During, during this time of this writing, here's what we've got to understand. During the time of this writing, if you were poor, maimed, lame, or blind, you were, you, you were absolutely destitute. There was no program. You know, today we think about those and we think, okay, we've got all kinds of programs to try to help people. Now that's still, even so, we still have some that are, you know, they're crippled and they're destitute out on the streets and they're begging. But, but truthfully, uh, we've got programs and we've got uh, resources and we've got homes and we've got shelters and we've got, they didn't have any of that. There. These people were truly destitute. It's like they talk about the, the, you know, when you study about the lepers, how the, the lepers would, would had a certain pole, you know, they, they, their body would run from the sores and all the decay, and they, and they would have rags, leprous rags, what the Bible talks about. Those rags were where they would take those rags, and they would wipe that stuff off of them, then they'd hang that rag back up for another leper to use. Now, these people were destitute, and God says, that's who I want you to go get. Amen. So the command is clear, and it's one that stands alone. If we will care for those who cannot pay back or recompense us for what we do, here's what God says. And he, and he gives us an encouragement. He said, if you will go and try to help the poor, the lame, the, the maimed, the blind, if you'll go to those people that cannot recompense you, they'll go to those people that can't. And that's what he said you know, earlier about the rich folks. He said, these other people, you invite them in. Well, you know that if you invite them over and serve them a meal, they're going to invite you to, to have a big banquet at their place. He said, but these people are not going to be able to do that for you. They're not going to be able to recompense you. He said, but if you'll be a people that'll go after them, 
God says, I'll bless you. I'll bless you. Now, he makes two terms in this thing. He says, first of all, he says, I'll bless you. And in reality, bless, of course, means happy. He said, you'll be happier because you do it. But it doesn't extend there. God says, I believe he'll also bless you in, in other ways. I think he'll meet your needs. Truthfully, if you spend your resources to try to help him, God said, I'll bless you with resources. I believe that he I believe that's part of what he's saying. But then he also he goes past that and he says, No, it doesn't stop there though. He said, I'll bless you in this life, in this place, I'll bless you, I'll take care of you, I'll provide for you because you're providing for somebody else. I'll take care of you because you care about other people and you care about those that can't care for themselves. So I'll care for you. He said, But even further than that, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's when you'll truly be recompensed. That's when you'll truly be repaid. This is such a, to me, is such a a powerful yet simplistic uh, command. But the Lord is, is saying to all of us as Christians... Truthfully, this one command, if we could get to this spot and get to this message and get it to every church in this nation, then maybe if we would really believe the word of God, we could make a difference in our world. If we will care for those who cannot pay back or recompense us for what we do, we will be blessed. He will bless with inner happiness, but also with outward blessing. But even more, the true recompense for what we do is not repaid on this earth, but when we stand before God. All of us should desire to stand before Christ and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I believe this is a a big reason why God would say, well done. Have we been about bringing people to the feast? Have we bring, been about trying to bring people that are going to sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb? Have we been about trying to reach people for them? And here's what we've got to understand. That doesn't, doesn't mean that we, we came to church every Sunday. That means did we do something to try to reach somebody in the highways? The way to do this, the way to stand before the Lord And hear that well done is by obeying this command. The command is not to draw them to you. And here's what's so crucial. It's to go out to them. And when you go, go meeting needs. You're supposed to go to them. And as you go, meet needs. Now, I understand this, folks. The society we're in, uh, that there's a lot of people that are going to ask for your money that don't really need your money. You know, they'll ask for our food at times when they got uh, a much nicer car than I got. Uh, And when I go to carry their food to their car, they've got stuff inside their car that probably, you know, I want to say to them, they'll try uh, Facebook Marketplace. You could probably feed yourself for about six months off of what's sitting in this car right here. And I understand that. But I understand also that God still said to go out to the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. You say, well, what if somebody deceives me? Listen, God judges their heart and your heart. 
That's what's really important. And if it'll help you at all, that's why I always go out with an empty wallet. And so, uh, now, what do we see in this dual command? It's go to everyone, go where they are, don't wait for them to come to you. Again, why is this so? There are churches that are existing. Look, there's really three times types of churches here in our in our country today, and probably in the world. There are churches that are existing till the last one dies out. They're like that. They're they're in existence. They're in existence this morning, but basically they're going to be in existence to the last person dies or the last person walks out and turns out the lights. There are churches that are putting on performances, building facilities, and having endless programs to draw people to them. And that's, that's a big thrust in our society today. Let's, let's offer everything. Let's offer the show. Let's offer the demonstration. Let's offer everything so that they will come to us. But I believe still there are a few churches that go out after them. To the poor, the destitute, the lame, the maimed, the blind. This is the command. Now, folks, everybody look at me for a second. This is what God said. This is God's command. Jesus made it very clear this is what we're supposed to do as Christian people. Now, I understand this is the 21st century, and I understand that everybody's got a better way. But my Bible is timeless. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God and the commands of Christ have not, they've not changed because this is 2018. And I think it's vital that we understand that, that even though uh, you, the, the world has changed, the people have changed, God's command is still go after them. Amen. Go after them. Go after them. Go after them. And he said, when you go after them, quit worrying about who's got money in their pocket. Go after them and even especially go after those who need you that much more. The question is, what kind of church is Calvary going to be? Because that's... Folks, this, this is what I, I've seen, and it's been you know, 40 years now in the ministry, and this is what I've seen over and over again. This is the process. I've got a, a whole message on it. I don't think I've preached it here, maybe, but I call it zeal and knowledge. And it's an amazing thing, but, but, you know, almost all of us, when we first get saved, we get excited about, you know, zealous about the things of God. We get zealous about uh, uh, telling somebody else about what happened to us. We get zealous about our family, and, and we get zealous about uh, uh, different things. But as time goes on, something seems to happen. We start to lose that zeal. Now, we're growing in knowledge, but we're losing the zeal to do anything with the knowledge. And this is, this is so 
Such a vital command because this is what has happened to the churches of America. This is what's happened to the fundamental Baptist churches. This is what's happened to our churches. We, 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 honestly, we, we have the screens and we use them a little bit. But it's become a, a, a something where we want to draw people to us. Uh, there was their whole uh, movement uh, where they're, you know, they're doing these, uh, um, I forget, these network churches, you know, sister church. But, but the whole thing is to go into an area and you got enough finances to throw up a big facility. And, and then you get a big program and you get a good entertainment in there and a good program in there. And then in weeks, people are flooding in. Now, a lot of them are flooding in from other places that don't have quite that program. But that's the way they're building the church. It's something to say, okay, here we are. You come to us. And folks, we want people to walk in our doors. We want people to come to us. But we can't negate the command of God that said, Go! Go to them. Go to the highways and the hedges. Go out there. Go and compel them to come in. Man, you're somber today. It's vital. Just like I believe the other 30-some-odd commands that we've, I think they're all vital too. But I think here, God said last week, pray. And you better pray hard. Because I'm about to ask you to do something that you better be prayed up doing. You know what that is? Going. Going out to the highways and you know what I want you? I'm not wanting you to go to the rich folks. Now, let me help you. This is not the Lord saying you, that, that I don't want you to talk to your family and I don't want you to talk to the rich. I don't want you. Can I, can I tell you what he's saying is you're already going to do that. That's easy. You probably have already done that. You know, let me just help you. You know, if somebody comes in and, and uh, you know, I happen to be at store and, or at the gas station or any place else, and some guy looks at me and starts talking and find out he's a millionaire, I, I, I'm going to give him a track. God don't even have to tell me to. Now, there, it's just, you understand, that what you're already going to do that what you already kind of want to do. That's what you already desire to do. He doesn't have to tell you to do. What he's telling us to do, that which we really don't want to do. We really just don't want to do it. But I say the decision we make as individuals is what will determine what Calvary will be as a church. That's why we run our buses. That's why some of the fellows are out there right now trying to get one of them running to get back. Why do we do that? 
Because the belief is there's some body that wouldn't be able to get to church if we didn't. They can't come. But watch this. We got more room on those buses. We just need more people that will go tell somebody about them. Hello? I didn't write the commands, folks. I didn't put them in the order that they come. But when I see them, that's when the Lord just starts tearing me apart about what he's really telling us. And we so often breeze through portions of Scripture when, when God's really trying to shoot us between the eyes. And he said, I, I told you to get prayed up, to be a person of prayer. He said, but why would you want my spirit, my power, my presence? Why would you want that? Just so you can have a better life? Or so that you can have God's spirit and God's power to tell somebody else how they can have a better life? And he wants us to go to them, to tell them, to reach them. So again, I say, what kind of church is Calvary going to be? The Lord made it clear that we should not only go to those that we know, those with whom we are comfortable, with those that can benefit us. I believe he's not shunning of those close to you, but rather those close to you already know. But you have ample opportunity to reach them. So he's saying, will you please go to those who do not have that opportunity? And in a world that really is rejecting God at an incredible rate and rejecting Christ, I understand it may not be pleasant. But I don't think from the scripture, especially from the first passage, it was real pleasant for them either. I'll read it and we'll be done this morning. It says, And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And can I tell you, there is a certain king that made a marriage for his son. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Notice, the servants went. And if we really are his servants, we will go. But here's what we got to understand. Some of them won't come. And again, he sent forth his servants, saying, Tell them what you're bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my ox and my flatlands are killed. Do you understand even this, this, this parallel? If God could speak, he'd be saying to us, Jesus has already come. He's already died on the cross for you. It's already done. It's already prepared. Would you not come? But they made light of it in that world and went their ways, one to his farm and another to his merchandise. Yeah, it's all about our life and our living and our possession. 
And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. I'm going to just warn you. God's saying, when you do what I've told you to do, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to always be pleasant. It's not going to be that, you know, look, just expect that somebody may slam a door in your face. Although, let me just tell you, after coming here for two and a half years, it is amazing how many people are kind. Come up to northwest Indiana and go visit a little bit. Find out what it's really like to get cussed out and door slammed in your face. But I can't tell you, we, everywhere I go, people are kind. People are good. People are friendly. Now, I also say that a whole lot of people don't answer their door anymore. They're just not going to come to the door. I don't know how many times I go to the door, knock on the door, knock on the door, knock on the door, finally walk away, I get to the next house, and then somebody comes out the door, jumps in their car, and leaves. So somewhere along the way, you may run into trouble because God, the ones that God sent, they did. But let God handle it. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Hey, look, God's going to take care of it all. Just go do what he said to Amen. Amen. That's what God wants us to do. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord, this, uh, it, it, it should be an exciting command, but I, I don't think that it is. But Lord, I pray that you might touch each of us. That in, in our realm of life, our area of life, our, our opportunities, that we would go and tell and speak. And Lord, that we'd take advantage of those that could, would take advantage of the opportunity to meet together and go. And Lord, I pray, please, that you would bless us this morning. And Father, if there's one that has come here and still doesn't know for sure they're going to heaven, Father, please let that be settled. For we all will stand one day and answer to you, dear God. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So if there's one here who doesn't know for sure they're going to heaven, I pray they would get it settled this morning. But Father, for us, would we surrender? Would we commit? Would we be willing to just follow your command? Let's all stand heads bowed and eyes closed. And I'd say again, if...